0: Praise God. Lord, we love you today. I want to finish the message that God began at the beginning of the service today. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of James chapter 1. And if you have the King James Bible, it will read like this. My beloved brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, which means many different temptations. I want to stop reading right there and defined temptation. Number one is the temptation to disobey God, to do evil, the appeal to your flesh and mind, to sin against God. But that's not all there is to temptation. There's the persecutions that come, the pressures that are brought to bear. After you were illuminated, you endured, A little bit of trouble. No, a great fight of afflictions. In fact, the Bible said in the Old Covenant, many are the afflictions of the righteous. You thought getting saved was going to make you exempt, that you could live in some kind of holy bubble. That's not how it works. How many are living in this world? Let's see hands. Almost a hundred percent. Only a couple of aliens here. Oh, we got a hundred percent. Hallelujah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Amen. I love you. I'm glad I can kid with you. Praise God. Amen. In this world, Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tempted. And the form of temptation that the world is going to give is not just the appeal to sin, to our weak flesh, But it's also the persecutions and the pressures and the distractions and the discouragements. We can be tempted to become discouraged. And we can be tempted to doubt God. Amen. And the devil is good at being a tempter. And we're not strong in ourselves to overcome him. That's why the Bible said we need God's armor to defeat him. Every piece of it is vitally important to our victory. But in addition to all, in the King James, it says above all in Ephesians 6, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. (sighs) Bible study is not big among people that are Pentecostal and charismatic and looking for a word from the Lord from a prophet. Some people are more focused and engaged in seeking a word from the Lord from a prophet than getting the word of the Lord. Faith doesn't come. It can be stimulated by a word that God gives someone, but that's not how it originates. That's not how it comes. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's amazing how many people are not that interested in the study of the Word of God. They want something that's happening, people falling out, people hearing, Thus saith the Lord over them. I know people that will travel miles to get in a meeting where they may get a word from the Lord, and won't travel blocks to get in a church to study the Word of the Lord. And there's a gullibility to people that don't have a foundation in the Word, because if you run upon a false prophet saying, Thus saith, you're not in a position to test it. Amen? Many false prophets, Brother Taylor, has been bearing down on that great end-time sign. Not just a few, this is not an aberration, but many... False prophets shall go out into the earth and deceive many. Matthew 11, 24, down in that area. The question was asked, what shall be the sign of thy coming? And when shall these things be? And part of the answer was, many false prophets will show up. And they will deceive many. And, and the fact of false prophets is they've always been around. But they're going to increase in the end time. And the spirit of deception is going to intensify in the end time. You know, when you want to hear what you want to hear, you're not in a position to hear what God has to say. You're in no position. Remember when a king was going to go into battle in the Old Testament? And the Bible said that he called all of his prophets... He wanted to be sure that God was with him in the battle, that he was going to win it. And all of his prophets, who were false prophets, telling the king what he wanted to hear so he'd keep them on the payroll. They said, go, for without fail, you will win the battle. And he, yet, he wanted to be sure. He said, is there any other prophets that haven't come yet? And they said, yeah, there's one. And they named him. And he was a real prophet of God. And if you ever get in the presence of a real prophet of God, you may not hear what you want to hear. You may not even like what you're going to hear. Amen? But you will hear what God has to say. And if you give heed to what God has to say, if you continue in my word... When it's truly His Word, you'll know the truth. Not just intellectually, not even just by spiritual revelation, but by giving heed to it and obeying it by a personal realization. John eight thirty and 31, if you continue where? In my word, if you continue following some preacher around the nation, there's a lady that I don't know how many years, I don't even know if she's out now, spent in an asylum, went off the rails lost her mind, had to be incarcerated, that spoke in tongues, followed a particular preacher that gave out words, not just the word, went to experience spiritual phenomena, not to really get down in the Word of God and learn anything, didn't have any way to discern the devil from... God, an angel from the devil. Listen, he's not easy to recognize. No marvel if Satan himself be transformed as an angel of light. His name before the fall wasn't devil or Satan. You know what his name was? Or Apollyon. You know what his name was before the fall? Lucifer. Lucifer. And there's nothing negative about that name. Before the fall. Because Lucifer meant light bearer. Isn't it amazing that his sin caused such darkness to come within him? That the light bearing angel. That angel the Bible said that was so close to God. Evidently he led the worship of God in heaven. And got jealous of God. The Bible said that pipes were created in Him. And most scholars, Jewish and Christian and Messianic Jewish scholars, believe that He not only could play an instrument, but He was an instrument. Because pipes were not given to Him to play. They were created in Him. And He was that angel, that archangel, that... Light bearer who walked about in the coals. That's the very presence of God himself where the Shekinah glory and the fire of that glory glowed brightly. But when he fell, he became the prince of darkness and the blinder and binder of men and women. So no marvel if the one who stood in the presence of God as the light bearer, that he be transformed into what he once was. So if you're looking for that devil with the pitchfork and pointed tail and red jumpsuit, you're looking for the wrong devil. And it doesn't stop with himself. It goes on to his ministers. It gets into the church world. It gets into our world, if you please and no marvel if his ministers be transformed as ministers of righteousness for all practical purposes. The outside appearance is an angel of light, one of the erroneous world religions, a cult considered by Christianity to not be accurate, to be heretical, started when a man got a revelation From what he said was an angel of light. The Mormon religion today is based on a man. There's a book of Mormon that you lay alongside the New Testament. It's another testament. It's another gospel. You can't follow it. It's not a Christian thing. It mentions God. It mentions Jesus. It's not the Jesus we worship or the God that we worship. And where did the revelation come from? There was a man that began it. Thank God the Bible's not based on any man. Amen. But the apostles and the prophets, with Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. God had all of these checks and balances. Anytime you find one person starting a religion, you can label it a cult. Can you say amen? It will never fit in to classic Christianity in any shape or form. God may be mentioned, Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of Scripture. It's not the God of the Bible. People come along and talk about prayer on Oprah's program. And Christians get all excited because somebody said, yes, if you pray, if you pray. And then you start saying, well, who are you praying to? I hear news people. When there's a catastrophe or a problem, saying news people, I don't know if they're Christian, I don't know if they believe God exists, but they say we'll keep you in our we're, we're keeping them in our prayers. They're in our prayer. Prayers to who? Yeah. Prayers to what? On what basis? Just prayer. On Ophir's program, the book that a man had written was just pray. Pray to anybody. Pray to anything. It's the praying. Not the person. See, the power of prayer is not the person who prays. It's not in the person who prays. It's in the God who hears. Can you say amen? That's the power of prayer. Oh, come on. It's, you can pray and fast till they can stick you through a keyhole. Amen. But if God isn't listening, it isn't going to do any good. And you've got to know which God. Amen. You've got to pray to the true and the living God. And you got to pray in one name. One name. There's only one name. Say it with me. Oh, brother Venable, you're being controversial. I'm going to get a whole lot more controversial than this. There is no other name. No other name. No other name. No other name. No. Uh, no. 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 No other name given under heaven to men, by which we must be saved. Save the name of Jesus Christ. It became the issue in the New Testament. They said, "Don't, don't quit talking about God. Don't quit talking about teaching theology. Go ahead and go your way and talk about God all you want to. But do not preach or teach in this name. The spirit that's at work is the spirit of Antichrist, not anti-religion, not anti-God is a generic term, but the name of the Savior and the sovereign and the only one that can save the soul of man. Amen. They said, "We'll kill you." And they would have killed them, but they could not deny, because a lame man that sat at the gate beautiful had just been gloriously healed in the name of Jesus. And he went into the temple, running, leaping, and praising God. Hallelujah. And they brought them before the council and said, By what authority did you heal this man? You know, it's an amazing thing. What religion wants to do to stop God from moving. Man-made religious systems have been the enemy of revival from day one. Amen? By what authority did you heal this man? You're not part of our organization. They came to John the same way. John the Baptist. You know what God said about John the Baptist? He said, there's never greater born of woman. Other than Jesus, there's never greater born of woman. And what did the religious crowd say about him? He's crazy. By what authority are you baptizing? Who gave you the authority? Amen. You know, when God told me to come to Tampa, I didn't run it by a board. If God tells me something, I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'll tell you what he told me, and you can decide whether it's God or not. But I'm not going to ask you about it. I don't even talk to my wife about what God tells me. When God told me to quit Tampa Electric and go into full-time ministry, I did not tell Pamela. I didn't. Oh, you just put your foot down. Yeah, right. No, I needed a partner in faith to leave the security of Tico and come to Suffering Springs. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Sulphur Springs is suffering. They're in the streets begging the police to stop the drive by. Still, we went to a hot spot in Tampa. My son's school counselor said, where do you pastor? When I went in with him to talk with her about his, his scholastic things. And I said, I pastor in Sulphur Springs. She said, I am a counselor for people who are on probation as well as a school psychologist because of my degrees, qualifications. I said, do you know there's people driving around in your neighborhood with shotguns under the seat and pistols in the glove compartment? I said, absolutely she just shook her head the moment I said Sulphur Springs we had people would call us they would hear a tape of the ministry and they would call me on the phone say pastor tell me where your church is I heard a tape and we want to come Sunday I said well do you know where Nebraska Avenue is and do you know where the Hillsborough River is Sitka Street oh we were two blocks behind at that time The uh, well, I would give it as a uh, Landmark We're just two blocks behind the X-rated theater the old, Yeah, it used to be the Old Springs Theater And suddenly there was a dead silence On the end of the line If I got a drop, listen We couldn't keep a security guard We hired a security guard To watch the parking lot He left He wouldn't stand out there in the dark by himself he told his superiors the reason I called the guard agency and asked, why did our security guard up and leave? We're paying, paying the agency to send him. And he said, because he feared for his life. I said, feared for his life? What do you mean, feared for his life? said, because he saw drug deals going down while y'all are having church on this corner and that corner right there at the church. And he's afraid if somebody called the cops and they came, they would think it was him and they'd retaliate. And he said he would not. He would give up his job if he had to go back to be a security guard in our parking lot. So we had to trust the angels. Amen. Only car got stolen was a big old long something another that Gerald Baldry had. They shouldn't have stole Gerald's car. Because they found it two blocks away. It ran out of gas. <laughs> he come to, he come to church on fumes, believing God. <laughs> I'll never forget the pastor telling the story. And we've, I've heard it over and over again different ways. But it was told originally that he was coming back from a, a, a faith conference, a convention on faith and some Catholic nuns that had been converted, you know, and getting spirit-filled, and they were driving a little Volkswagen, and they ran out of gas. And they walked about a half a mile to a gas station. They won't let you have gas unless it's in a metal container. Can't put it in the other stuff or one of those certified plastic ones. They didn't have anything to get the gas in to take it back to the car. But they both worked at a hospital kind of like one of the Catholic hospitals that you've been to. And all they had, and they visited homes. One of them was a nurse that that came and ministered to people in homes that needed ministering to. And they had a bedpan in the, I guess, the front of the Volkswagen Beetle. And so they took the bedpan down to the gas station, filled it almost to the brim. Two of them held it, walked very slowly, Back to the Volkswagen, half a mile. Opened up the gas cap and began to pour the gas. Some of it splashing out. And all they had to do was get to the station. And they're pouring gas out of the bedpan. Three nuns in their habits. And this guy's coming back from this faith convention with his wife. And he looks over and sees three nuns pouring gas out of a bedpan into that Volkswagen and he said honey that's faith (laughs) you'll have to think it over just a little while Uh, amen (laughs) I guess if God can turn water to wine amen (laughs) you got that did you get it there's no need writing it down I wouldn't write it down if I were you amen Many false prophets shall go out into the world and deceive. And here's what's, what's so disconcerting. Many. Many. I see people coming up with stuff that if anybody read their Bible at a sixth grade level, they wouldn't fall for. Amen. They wouldn't fall for it. I came up in Pentecost when somebody said, come tie my boat." How I figured they were really spirit-filled. And I was wrong. And I had to go to school experientially to find out that everything that glitters is not gold and everyone that seems godly may not be godly. A youth pastor, this week, Thanksgiving week, a youth pastor, Of a Lutheran church. Killed three members of his family. And has been arrested. Murdered them because of a family circumstance. He's standing. Singing the songs. Saying the slogans. For all outward appearances. See no marvel. It's easy for Satan to pull that off. Because for eons of time. He was the light bearer in the presence of God. And I'm going to tell you something. Without the Word of God, you're not good enough to figure it all out. And I'm not either. If you don't get in the Word of God, you are gullible. And a lot of these people out there that the world can detect like that, Christians can't figure out. And you know why they're still on TV? And why they're still pastors of huge churches? is because gullible Christians support them. Amen. Christians who know the word wouldn't give them the time of day, let alone $100 a month. Amen. But Christians don't know the word? You're vulnerable. And you're gullible. And there are people that would rather see me run around this building under the anointing than to teach something that could keep you out of trouble. Some people, all they know about Pentecost is the experience and the feeling. Oh, you should have been to church Sunday. Now, I understand the manifest glory of God, but listen to me carefully. I've heard this all my life. You should have been to church. Oh, my goodness, the pastor didn't even get to preach. Well, when the glory filled the temple, the priest couldn't minister. I understand that. But when Pentecostals would rather feel the presence of God, than to understand, appropriate, and apply the Word of God. That's a serious problem. Especially in a day when the Bible said it would be marked by false prophets. So I don't fit, I don't fit the crowd that says the miracles are over. I don't fit that crowd that just teach Scripture without the presence of God. And I don't fit the crowd that doesn't want to get into the doctrine. We don't, we don't deal with doctrine. You better deal with doctrine. Oh, we're, we don't deal with traditions. Listen, hold fast the traditions that have been given you. The apostles told them, knowing of whom you received them. Amen. False doctrine, false teachers. False preachers and phony Christians are in every church everywhere. The Bible said Satan has done this to try to kill the testimony of the church to the world and to weaken the church in terms of spiritual power and authority. While the good man of the house slept, the enemy came. His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. What is a tear? It's something that looks like wheat, grows entangled with wheat, its roots are entangled with the wheat. The only difference is it can't bear any fruit. There's no grain, there's no kernel. And the Bible said by their fruit, you shall know them. Somebody said, Brother Venom, are you judging? I always said no, I'm a fruit inspector. You know what the Bible said about that? An evil tree can't bring forth good fruit. Not in reality. It can seem to. It can say it does. But in reality, it can't. And a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. That doesn't mean you can't sin, but you don't live in it habitually. The devil is not your master anymore. Darkness is not your element anymore. If you do sin, you feel convicted. One of the great endorsements of this ministry is a young lady, now a middle-aged lady, threatening to become an old lady. Amen. It's it's a short jump from middle-aged to old. It's all, you know, it's all... You're still young, so don't feel bad. Oh, you're going to tell me about, you know, I'm, 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 no, I don't want to hear it. If I was your age, I'd be doing handstands and backflips. <laughs> I would, Lord help. How old are you? 41. Oh, man, I'd do a double backflip if I was 41 again. Come on, Hobbes. 41, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was limber. Amen. God is good today. I want to see a church built on the foundation of the bedrock of God's Word because this is what Jesus had to say about it. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, any man that hears my Word and doesn't do it, doesn't understand it, comprehend it, and apply it, he said, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man that built his foundation. See, the word understood and applied is your foundation. Not your experience. Not falling out. Not getting a gift of the Spirit. Not being baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's the bedrock of God's Word that you must build on. Because all other ground. I love the song on Christ. The solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. If any man hears my word and doesn't do it because he doesn't comprehend it, he doesn't understand it, he doesn't apply it to his life, he can sit in church, but he'll never have victory. He can sit in church, but he will never bear fruit. He will sit in church, but he will never resemble what a Christian is defined as biblically. He built his foundation. On the sand and the storm came. And the winds blew and the waters rose. And it fell and great was the fall of it Because it was founded on a sandy foundation. But if any man hears my word, understands it, appropriates it, and applies it to their life, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man that digged deep. He didn't start building up. He started digging deep. I said he never even started to build up until he first digged deep. Can you say, man, he went down past the sand. He went down past the clay. He got into bedrock. Everybody say bedrock. Somewhere down there you're going to hit rock And I don't mean rock bottom But you're going to hit the rock (laughs) Hallelujah That will sustain you Praise God Amen The Bible said the roots have to go down Before the tree can grow up And we got people running out trying to preach People have come here and took off into ministry Before they digged deep And they got into false doctrine And they're in error today And they were right here with us. But they didn't stay with us long enough. Or in any church long enough. Because they were bound and determined, I'm ready to go out and do my thing. The Bible spoke of being rooted and built up in Christ. See, the roots have to go down before you start coming up. I didn't have that kind of foundation under me. I wish I had, but I had to get it under me. I had to go back to the Word and dig deep when my pastor failed to discern. When the man I looked up to more than anybody else as an influence in my life, when he missed it biblically and spiritually, he endorsed a revival of a man who was so-called so anointed. And when I asked him about something that was wrong And I wanted him to tell me, help me. I called my pastor and I told him, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. I don't want to be critical, but something is wrong. And he said, well, just prove all things and hold fast that this is good. Well, I wasn't a scholar of Scripture at that time. He was supposed to be. And he had never figured out yet that everything that glitters isn't gold. And that Satan has preachers. Can I tell you what the dilemma was? I'm just. anybody know the theme? I'm going to ask you again before we close. The theme of farmers, what is it? Insurance? Bum, ba, bum. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. I don't just know the scriptures, I've been down the road, I have seen false prophets. I've seen ministers that didn't figure it out because they didn't get in the Word enough. They stimulated us with their anointing. People fell out under the power of God, and we thought that's the greatest thing that can happen in church. If you're not on a foundation in the Word of God, I saw people fall out, but it wasn't God. And peer pressure will get you to do things that's not the Holy Ghost. Everybody say peer pressure. It don't stop at junior high or high school. I went to that revival that my pastor endorsed and showed up at. And, and I went up front for prayer. And everybody was falling out under the power of God that that man touched. They were fall- Well, they were falling out. I don't know whose power it was. I thought it was the power of God. I didn't think you could do it any other way. But I found out you could. He come up, laid hands on me, and it was cold. I didn't feel God or anything, but I felt obligated to fall. Peer pressure. And I assumed somebody's going to catch me. I've seen people fall out under the power of God, and they—they they, nobody caught them, and Their head bounced off a floor, and they're not even hurt. But you do that without the power of God, and nobody to catch you. So I fell out, hit the floor, knocked every bit of the wind in me out of me. (laughs) But I was just as spiritual as everybody else. And I looked like a fish flopping around, out of, trying to <gasps> catch my breath, and I said, "This can't be the Lord. This is not God." I wanted some guidance from my pastor. Do you know what I would tell you? Don't walk away from that. Run away from it. Don't be afraid to test the spirits. You've got to be in a position that you are grown enough in the Word of God to try the spirits because you can't try them by what they look like and you can't try them by what you see and you can't try them. There's another source of power and it's not always God. And Pentecostals have been grabbing anything, any sensation, any feeling. And we brought reproach and shipwreck lives because we don't have a desire for the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow. We have a desire to show that we're already grown. And you know where that desire comes from? The pride of our own flesh. And in my own flesh, I want to be just like everybody else. I want to be as spiritual as my peers. So I fell out and hit the ground. And it hurt. But that's not what really bothered me. What bothered me was, as he was praying for people, everybody and all my, the Sunday school teacher, the pastor is there. He's praying for people. And he tells them before he prays for them, he said, I have been fasting, I have been seeking God. And when I pray for people, he takes my spirit out of me. And I sit up here, somewhere up here, looking down on my body, and he comes in to my body. Now he's declaring something. That he's not just filled with the Holy Spirit. But now, you see, he's saying, I am Jesus. Listen to me because he calls my pastor's wife up to pray for her after he makes that declaration. Everybody's going along with him because he also used the fear element. Anybody that criticizes the ministry is Ichabod. The Spirit of God will depart you. Now, you can't fight the real work of God. You can get into deep trouble. But you can't be afraid to question. Because if you're afraid to question, you won't. And if you never question biblically scripturally spiritually you're a candidate for deception we're in the last day when many false prophets shall go out and deceive many and it's no marvel that there's many false prophets what is makes you marvel and takes you back is so many deceived christians that are more interested in hearing a word from the lord prophesied over them than to get down in the word of the lord have no desire for bible study so that they could get rooted and built up amen and grow up but they have a great desire for someone to lay hands on them so they can experience the presence of god i thought we had a strong church when we were at sitka we saw miracles at that church but we were not strong in unity we were, when, when people got what they wanted, they just took off to the next healing line. I announced I was going to teach on the book of Revelation. A woman and her daughter came to begin the teaching on the book of Revelation. By the way, I had eight people in the pastor's Bible class. hundred plus in the morning service had to use the balcony. You remember, you were in the balcony. You were my sound man. And every time the sound went bad, I looked at you <laughs> with the mean eyes. <laughs> Sometimes it would mess up, sound like I was in a oil drum, i 'd look up at him, and glare at him he 'd fix it real quick. <laughs> you remember those days. You remember about people sitting up there didn 't have room in the floor. You remember us violating the code of the fire department having to put chairs out. In the aisle to hold the people. People driving around the building could not park. And then guess what? One day comes and you're teaching instead of laying on hands. You're teaching like Jesus did. Oh, in a Pentecostal church, Jesus wouldn't have had a chance. when In the Pentecostal churches, it didn't have an emphasis on the Word of God. Because the Bible said the Sermon on the Mount... Are you watching this? The Bible said he sat down. Lord have mercy, he's not anointed. I can't sit through that. I want to go to a Pentecostal church. I want him to do a backflip, a handspring, run around the building twice. And if that's all you go to church for, you are gullible. You are vulnerable. You can't have a shield of faith because it don't come by watching the preacher shout. You're being stimulated by his overflow. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of the living God. Hallelujah. If you've got a gift of the Spirit and you have no hunger to grow in the Word of God, you're going to be pouring out, but you're never going to be drinking in. And you're going to run on empty one of these days. I prophesied it here while preaching. Amen. There are people in this building that are not ready to face giants. They haven't slain lions and bears. They're trying to get the word for somebody in the building. They're trying to get the word for somebody else when they're in desperate need of the word in their own life. Oh, if I could get people to turn off the television and get in the word of God. Oh, if I could get people to quit being distracted by everything the world is offering them and spend some time in the word of God. I thought because of the miracles, we had a strong church. But if something pops up over here, they're gone. If it pops up over there, they're gone. And I used to be part of them. Somebody come praying over people. One guy came and said, I interpret dreams. And everybody said, hmm. Last night I dreamed that I was a piece of liver. And a German shepherd was after me. It'd be hard to run when you're a piece of liver. You just ain't got no legs. But there's somebody going to tell you the spiritual meaning of that. Somebody's waiting for you. Because you're going to leave the Bible study, solid teaching of God's Word, and you're going to go get your dream interpreted. I went to eat at a hardy's after a morning service a few years back. I sat down to eat. God guy came to our service, sat through it. He saw me there. And he must have followed me there because he came up. And I do believe that people can interpret dreams. But that's not a ministry. That's not the sum total of a ministry. Amen? So he came up to me and said, I'd like to come and preach for you. And I'm just thinking, well, you know, God will have to tell me. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't just say, come on in. Not in a day of many false prophets deceiving many. I know why I haven't been invited to some churches. They don't know me. If they did know me, they probably still wouldn't. But anyway, not because I'm inaccurate. Not because I'm inaccurate. You know how I know? Because <laughs> because an assembly of God on Orient Road, when I was on radio, people called in and said, who is this guy? Who is this guy, Venable? Called the station manager. I was had the Send the Light broadcast, WSOL, Kennedy Boulevard, years ago. They called in, who is this guy, Venable, and whose wife did he run off with? In other words, if he's not part of our organization he must not qualify he's just a loose cannon out there doing his own thing well it just so happened the station manager had been to our church knew my daddy sang in a quartet that came to our church said no brother venable as far as i know he's married to the same woman isn't that incredible how can he not be there's something got to be wrong with him well what's he teaching and then on the other hand there were the people called in said does he have the holy ghost I had a 15-minute broadcast, and I decided it's more important to bring the Word of God than to talk in tongues part of the time. To win a soul to Jesus instead of just showing my spirituality. And they said, does he have the Holy Ghost? She said, well, sure he does. He's a Pentecostal preacher. They said, well, we've never heard him speak in tongues. I didn't get on the radio to talk in tongues. I got on the radio to preach the gospel. And you can't preach it in tongues. <laughs> and that's why Paul said, though I speak in tongues more than everybody in this building. I'd rather speak five words. When someone comes in the congregation that needs to know Christ, that I need to tell them about Jesus and not just talk in tongues. So the Pentecostals didn't get me. The non-Pentecostals didn't get me. Amen. Because I just was what I was. I believe the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe the shield of faith comes by hearing the Word of God. I believe that spiritual growth comes by hearing and obeying the Word of God. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may what? Grow thereby. You don't grow by getting gifts of the Spirit. Paul came to a church with every one of them in operation. And they were, they were operating like a bunch of spoiled bread. Kids. One person prophesied, somebody cut them off and prophesied over them. You know what happened in our church? Man stood up to prophesy. Somebody else stood up as soon as he sat down and said, And the Lord would say yet a greater thing unto you. I thought, well, what? What's going on? And then the other guy stood up and Prophesied something else, and I thought, you know, I just put a stop to it. I said, everybody hold your peace till I'm done preaching. Oh, they didn't like that. I was in a meeting. We had a wonderful speaker, a camp meeting. Speaker was speaking so good, right in the middle of his message at the invitation. A guy prophesied something off the wall. Had nothing to do with coming to Jesus. Just started, thus said, walking down the aisle. Interrupted the altar call. But So, <laughs> the evangelist conducted the meeting. Called him down. And you see, Pentecostal's got an out when we're out of order. Thou shalt not quench the Spirit. So he yelled it out. Thou shalt not quench. Quench the spirit. You know what the evangelist said? I'm not quenching God's spirit. I'm quenching yours. Somebody needs to be in charge. Somebody needs to be able to discern good from evil. You'd think that would be easy. It isn't when Satan's ministers appear as ministers of righteousness. If Pentecostals were not so immature and gullible, these people on television wouldn't be on television deceiving because it's us that send them the money that keeps them on the air. They're not getting Baptist dollars. I'm not bragging on the Baptists. I'm just saying they're not getting Methodist dollars. They know better. They're not getting Lutheran dollars. They know better. People actually come to Bible study without falling out or getting hands laid on them. They come for the Word of God. And I found out a whole lot of people came to the Holy Church of God for the anointing on me and not the anointed one, Jesus And I watched people follow false prophets, and it broke my heart. I watched people get false leadings, and it broke my heart. I had my heart broken over and over and over and over again. Eight people came to Bible study. Eight people and over a hundred to the morning service. Thank God for the anointing. I don't want to ever lose that anointing in presence of God. But I want it to be on a foundation of the Word of God. While all of this controversy over me, little old me, my 15-minute broadcast, Send the Light, WSOL, station manager attended an assembly of God on Orient Road. I don't know which one, pretty big one at the time said their pastor came to the pulpit because he listened to the Send the Light broadcast. And he said there's a lot of phonies out there and there's a lot of false prophets out there. And he said, I don't know this guy Venable, but I can recommend his teaching to you, to his congregation. And he gave us a plug for the Send the Light broadcast. Because he judged me by the teaching, not by the size of my church or anything like that, but by the teaching of the Word of God. Hallelujah. I preached one day on the sons of Issachar. I remember preaching that sermon. And a tape was given to a, a man who was on the board of regents of of uh, the big Baptist church where Falwell, the Baptist college. Liberty. Liberty College. He was on the board of regents. He taught the adult class at a huge church, Baptist church in Tampa. And he blurted out something that I had taught on the tape while doing his teaching. And he didn't know where it was in Scripture. He kind of jumped the gun, said it, because he confidented that what I was saying was really biblical. And told his son, he said... My Sunday school class, of adult class, asked me where that was in Scripture. And he said, evidently he'd lost his Strong's, strong concordance. Because he said, would you ask your pastor to tell me where it is? I, next week they want to know. I thought, thought okie dokie then. And boy, it was no sweat. Praise God. Amen. I read it to him. I said, here it is right here and verbatim. And he told his son when he took him the place in the Bible where it was, he said, it was just like your preacher taught it from the word of God. And I thought, good. It's amazing that I can talk in tongues and yet you'll give me credit for being accurate biblically. Amen. Because I don't just talk in tongues. I teach the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God told you to come and sit under a teaching, not just fall out under anointing. Amen. I believe that in these last days, I believe God's going to open doors for this ministry to go into areas that are not even non Pentecostal. Amen. I was asked to come to a, on Ball Street in Plant City, to a million dollar facility. Over a million dollars. They're they're at Annex. Wow, what a church. Filled up with people. I went and preached on Pastor Appreciation Day. And they asked me back. Isn't that incredible? They actually asked me to come back. They asked me to come back to... Oh, by the way, since it was a big church, uptown church, they gave me a, a title fitting to preach in that church. They said to their deacon... Who, when is Dr. Venable coming back? <laughs> and it honored me. I said, thank you. If you think I got a doctor's degree in theology? That is great news. A friend of mine had a doctor's degree, and I didn't know it. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, he was Holy Ghost filled. Amen. And I looked at his minister's credentials, and he showed me it, and it said, D.D., Doctor of Divinity. And I said, where'd you go to school? We went through the whole thing. He said, you know, after I got the Holy Ghost, everything changed. He said it changed from Doctor of Divinity to Devil Destroyer. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I, <laughs> I said, because he, he found out that you got to have more than a degree in theology. You need the power of God in your life. And there is a balance. I believe we can have the best of both worlds. But you've got to put the word first and foremost. Because if any man hears my word and does it, he appropriates it, he applies it, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man that dig deep. He built his foundation on bedrock. The wind came. The floods came. But it did not fall. That's the test of this thing. Hallelujah. Everything. Look, look, we're in the last days and everything without exception, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. Hallelujah. There is a church founded on the bedrock of God's Word. There is a church centered upon Jesus Christ. And she's alive and she's well and she won't be deceived and she's not discouraged or dissuaded. Hallelujah. And all of this chaos and falseness and pretense and phoniness around us only enhances the truth. It doesn't hurt it, it enhances it. I went out and left my porch light on. We got a frog named Charlie. We decide to adopt him because he's always sitting on our mailbox under the porch light. We, you know, every time you go in, there he is. I just give him a name. And now my son, we go in, he said, look, Dad, there's Charlie. So, you know, porch light draws bugs. Charlie getting fat. Sir Charles. Whatever you want to name him. And I said, <laughs> and you know something, right now nobody notices that my little 13 watt equivalent, 50 watt porch light's on. Nobody notices. Nobody's going to say, look at there, porch light's on. Nobody can notice. Because it's daylight, light all over the place. But around midnight tonight, The darker, oh, it's not going to intensify. It's the same little 13-watt bulb, you know, this energy saver. It's not going to intensify. You know what's going to happen? The darker it gets, the brighter it's going to shine. Can you say, man? Come on. The darkness cannot put out the light. The only thing the darkness can do is enhance it. There is a real. There is a genuine. There is an authentic. And something I sang in Sunday school, I can't sing anymore. Not that I've, now that I've grown up in the Lord. You want to hear my Sunday school song that adults still sing, but I can't sing it with you. I love you. I'm not criticizing you. I just can't sing it with you. This little, minute, Infinitesimal light. No, no. I can't sing this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine all over Tampa. No, little lights can't shine over a city. There's nothing little about the light that is in you. There's nothing small about that light. Can you say man? Hallelujah, God has translated us out of darkness into this little light. No, out of darkness into this marvelous light. Hallelujah, you are like a city set on a hill which cannot be hid. And the dark of the night, say Isaiah 60. Listen to it as we close. Because if I don't quit now, I'm going to have to sit down in this chair. Lord knows how long it's going to be if I sit down. Amen? Isaiah 60. Initially to Israel, but it goes past that. Is a biblical principle. In the darkest hour of their existence as a nation that yet they were covenant people and God's message to the prophet is in the midst of all of that darkness arise and shine for thy light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee you know what happened when God came to live in you and the Holy Spirit came in to live in you amen People didn't see it on you, but don't mean it isn't there. The glory attends the presence of God and the person of God. And when He comes to live in us, and He does, that glory comes on us. Hallelujah. I walked into a room and I went into a Burger King one night, took my tie off, rolled my sleeves up, had sweated, you know, real good in the service, went into a Burger King after the service. Young lady started to serve me and says, you're a Christian. And it wasn't because of a white shirt and tie. I said, you're a Christian. And said, not only that, you're a preacher. I said, you got it right. I'm both. Amen. She said, I knew it when you walked in. How did she know it when I walked in? Amen. Because there's something on you that the devil wishes wasn't on you. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee and shall be seen upon thee. Glory to God. Arise and what? Shine. Glory to God. This is a time for the church to shine like never before. Because this is a dark hour that we are living in. But there is a real and there is a genuine and there is an authentic And if the church ever rises up, we're going to see a revival before Jesus comes. But we're going to have to quit running after false teachers and false apostles and false prophets. And Brother Taylor, thank you for the anointing on you to begin to talk about those things in the course of your ministry. As we close today, God's Word is so important. And things are not always as they seem. I want to close with something that I hope will lift you up just a little bit, at least because we've dealt with some heavy stuff, and we put a little sugar to help the medicine go down. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Pastor told the story, Brother Hobbs. He went to see a lady that had become most of the time bedridden. She had a, a nurse that came in several times a day. She, great Christian lady, but she was losing ground and not able to be ambulatory, to walk around like she used to. They could push her in a wheelchair. Most of the time, she just wanted to lay down. And he really loved this woman because she's a woman of prayer and intercession. Just don't think because somebody's laying there in a bed, they don't have a ministry. And hers was intercession. And any preachers had somebody begin to pray directly every day for them, they know the value of an intercessor. That's why some of these aged people, I don't want to see them promoted if I can pray them to stay here for a little while longer you're one of those people amen amen arise and shine praise god keep praying (laughs) i feel it and i need it and god knows the power of it and so does the devil so the pastor he said i went in and i sat down by her bed and it was way past my lunch time and we were great friends she'd been in that church as a charter member for years and years, a great woman of the Lord. But now she's laying there in bed and age is creeping up on her. And he said, you know, there was a bowl of peanuts there. And he said, I just, because I was so comfortable around her, I just, I didn't even ask. I just went ahead and without even thinking, just got me a handful of peanuts and I ate them. And I was talking with her and we having a good conversation. I ate some more. Big old bowl of peanuts Said uh, I got, went to get a handful And they were all gone And I thought oh Lord I didn't even ask and ate all those peanuts <laughs> And he said before I leave He said Sister Johnson I got to apologize to you She said for what pastor I Said because without even asking you I just ate all your peanuts She said oh that's alright Pastor don't give it a second thought Ever since I lost my teeth, all I can do is suck the chocolate off of them. <laughs> Somebody. Come on, I need a little help back here. Pastor's got some stories to tell. We've, we've seen a few things, so we know a few things. <laughs> Am I doing okay so far? A little... F- little sugar to help the medicine go down. Okay, I did too. But I did too. She's a sweet lady. There you go. Yeah, I didn't eat her peanuts. I'll guarantee you that. I want to encourage Pentecostals with such powerful light and anointing. To get down in the Word of God and dig deep and lay your foundation on a rock. Hallelujah. Because the winds are going to come and the storms are going to come and the flood tides are going to rise. But after the devil's done everything that he can, that house is going to still be standing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Because it is built on a bedrock of God's word understood and applied to the life. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it, You can. We're we're going to. Yes we are. Amen. Let's let's get ready to pray for the physical needs that are here. How many people in this room want to get down in the Word of God deeper? Just want to dig deeper. Just dig deeper. Just dig deeper. deeper. Praise God. Strong meat belongs to those who are of full age. You don't start with it. You start with the sincere milk of the Word that you might grow. But when you grow, you graduate. Amen. Just like a baby. You graduate from the milk to the meat. And strong meat belongs to those who are full age. Who've come into spiritual maturity. Who by reason of the exercise of their senses, now that they're in the Word of God and the Word of God is in them, are able to discern between good and evil. And when Satan comes as an angel of light, you've got to know the Word. And if anything, even if an angel, Paul said, declares something contrary and contradictory to the truth of the gospel, don't just say, bye-bye, God bless you. Say anathema. The strongest consternation and curse of God is anathema. Because that is the devil trying to mislead and destroy shipwrecked souls. Can you say amen? So I get Pentecostals mad at me because I don't swallow everything. I, be careful who you recommend to me. Some people have recommended people that I see right through. And I say they, they're not discerning. They just recommended someone that clearly is not in the will of God. And their recommendation proves that they're out of step with God. But they'll never figure it out because they haven't grown in the Word, seeking visions, dreams, and experiences. And honey, Satan will give you experiences. But if an angel comes with another gospel, let him be anathema. And if anyone comes with another gospel, don't bid him God's speed. Don't say, God bless you, lest you partake of the sin you enter into that very thing. You ca- I can't bless things that are wrong and erroneous. So it puts me at odds with the Pentecostal camp that just wants a spiritual free-for-all and call it God. God is not the author of confusion. Never. The Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman. He may not act like anything you ever seen before, but he will not act stupid and silly. He will not bring reproach on the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Can you say "Man, Hallelujah. He will not interrupt an altar call except to verify that altar call. God is good today. Hallelujah. Where's my oil? I want to pray for your knee before we leave. Amen. It's by my water. All right. Stretch your hand this way and let's pray a prayer of faith. I used to think I had to preach on healing in order to pray for the sick. God confirms His Word. Not just healing. Not just faith. But His Word. And how many know I've taught His Word here today? And I've put the emphasis on His Word here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, this woman has asked for prayer. And Lord, we're in the house of prayer. Your house is before a house of preaching, a house of prayer. So Father, we, we pray the prayer of faith for her need to be healed in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God. Lord, that she be able to take care of everything she needs to do and she needs to bow when she needs to bow that knee that she can bow that knee and it won't be stiff and it won't be painful and it won't hurt in jesus name and for the glory of god we thank you for it amen and amen will you stand and mike will you uh will you get ready (laughs) hallelujah praise god god is so good today let's glorify his name if this will play. Before we leave this building. If we get resituated. And we start a Bible study. A pastor's Bible study. Would you consider coming? If I took the load off. And sat down. And taught. Do you think you could leave with something. Of substance. That would be worth coming out to hear. Because. Three and a half years in a Bible college can't give you, what, 44 years of walking with God and studying the Scriptures and being able to discern good from evil. We know a few things because we've seen a few things. I asked my pastor, I said, when he said that his spirit was taken out and he sat up here somewhere, and Jesus came into him. Isn't he saying, I'm Jesus, instead of pointing people to Jesus? My pastor said, well, just prove all things, son. And How can I prove it? I don't have the Scripture. And he called the pastor's wife up, and he said, look in my eyes. And she looked in here. Now, this is a man anointed of God. This is not Jesus. Come on. There's nobody <laughs> can take the place of Jesus. He said to my pastor's wife, which we looked up to, our pastor and his wife, and said, Who's, Whose eyes? Who do you see? She's looking him in the eye and she said, Jesus. And fell out in the spirit. And I thought, no, you didn't see Jesus. And you know what happened? I didn't go back under the threat of Ichabod. My wife and I, young Christians, got down on our knees at our apartment, opened up the Bible, and said, God, show us. Show us that you're not mad at us. Show us that we're not quenching the Spirit. Show us we're not disrespecting one of your servants. And the Lord just began to take me down in the Word of God. That's when He began to open my eyes and open my understanding. Holy Spirit's the Spirit of truth, and He will guide you. When you open up the Bible, get ready for a guide to come alongside. He, he will guide you into all truth. Can you say, Amen? And I found out that was wrong. Dead wrong and I was right in questioning it and I didn't need my pastor's verification anymore. That revival went on for six more weeks and it Some bad things happened. Somebody took their daughter up for prayer. She fell out in the Spirit. And it was about a week before she was able to function again. She just went into like a catatonic state. And it wasn't God and it wasn't the Holy Spirit. People were being duped by the devil. I saw people touching uh, uh, one of those old grove heaters without being burned. And I thought, boy, if this is God, that's fine. But if this is the devil using these... False miracles to deceive. There's nothing fine about that. That man quit preaching, got out of the ministry after fasting, praying, and prophesying. He went off the rails, lost his own faith, and the last I heard, he was a cop in Lakeland. From one of the greatest prophets that God had ever sent to a policeman in Lakeland. Lost his faith off the rails. Got a hold of the wrong spirit. But we had to learn it by getting down in God's Word. And Brother Taylor, ever since then, I take God's Word over every feeling, every sensation, every sensational person that comes along. I, I am not impressed with someone telling me how anointed they are. I want, In fact, I want to just see them be more like Jesus. That's the only thing that impresses me if someone let this mind be in you which was also in Christ the Lord, who though he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because he was God, made of himself no reputation. Anybody trying to establish their reputation to get your respect for their spirituality, they're nowhere near the mind of Jesus Christ. They're nowhere in a position to discern. They can't discern good from evil because they can't see the evil in their own flesh and pride. And yet they're going to cast the beam out of your eye. No, they're not going to do it to me. Because I'm not gullible. I had to learn to do it without a pastor to help me or guide me. But I found out the Holy Ghost is well able. Open thou mine eyes, David said, and show me wondrous things out of thy law. Open thou mine eyes. (laughs) He said, because of you, I know more than my teachers. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because you are, you are a God that reveals. What a wonderful God we have. And what a wonderful book we have. How many believe this is the inerrant, anointed, appointed word of the living God? Heaven and earth will pass away. But this is going to stand forever. So I want to stand on that that's going to stand forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know what God's going to do from here on out. But I believe that souls are in the balance. And I want to preach the cross and Jesus crucified. And I want to teach the Word of God as long as I can to whoever will listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I won't preach to empty chairs. I will not do that. They don't need saving. Some of them are already getting warm. We're not even going to save some of them that are in here. Amen. God is good today. Thank you for coming. How many glad you came? Glory to the Lord. How many not going to eat peanuts until you ask some questions? You got something out of this service, right? You're discerning. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's lift him up in song.